0: your property podcast comes to you with thanks to our friends at trafalgar square finance leading independent specialists in mortgages and all types of property finance whether it's buy to let development or bridging finance trafalgar square can help you organize your funding for your next property project exclusively to listeners of your property podcast Trafalgar Square offer a free one to one consultation. So, whether you are a portfolio landlord looking to raise funds on your existing portfolio, or if you're just starting out and want to find out if you are eligible for a buy to let mortgage, Trafalgar Square Finance can help. It's easy to book with one of their experienced consultants by simply visiting yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash finance. You can find this link in the show notes. For more details, hello and welcome to your property podcast. Today is the 29th of March 2022. My name is Michelle Kearns, and with us today we have got Simon Duckworth. Hi, Simon.
1: Hi, Michelle. How are you?
0: Really well. Thank you. And good to see you. Good to have you on today. So, thank you very a little. Much. Thanks, a little bit of uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of background for people who don't know you. You are an auction specialist, a consultant, and director for Triangle Property Solutions. Uh, you've got lots of experience in, in different property investments, so everything from HMOs to single lets, um, buy select, you know, buy refurbish refinance. Um, you've got uh, you know quite a wealth of experience, and you know as your uh, specialism is auctions. You know, that could, uh, you know, the, the, there's so many different types of properties that turn up in auctions, obviously. So am I right in thinking that, you know, your strategy is anything with a margin?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm based in Leeds, but cover sort of uh, West Yorkshire and a bit of North Yorkshire. So not too fussy on where it is, what it is. Pre-hold, leasehold need a refurb doesn't need a refurb needs rebuilding so yeah as long as there's margin there that, that's the target so um
0: well that's quite different to a lot of people who you know they just do service accommodation or they just do HMO so uh how do you identify what is a deal for you then when there's so many different options
1: so obviously I've uh I am a lover of a spreadsheet and I've got <laughs> many, many variations of, which obviously I'm happy to share with people. Um, but as always, start with the end in mind and just back, backtrack everything there. So um, my, my spreadsheet is mainly, um, I would probably say, probably say you need to spend um, 80% of your time working out the end valve of or the GDV of what you're going to achieve. and and working out the refurb cost and generally the rest of the spreadsheet is just admin.
0: Right. So you, you kind of throw that off there, or you just need to work out the end val and, and the refurb cost as if that's like an easy thing to do. Uh, people get really <laughs> stuck on these two areas. So the end valuation. So you buy a property and you do it up, or you add some value to it somehow. And what's it worth at the end? Uh so the GDB, the gross development value um, what how do people work that out
1: so um, g- generally for me i work it down to a cost per square foot cost per square foot on buying on renovating and on selling um, one of the one of the main things that you you need to be able to do is um look at your comparables and know when when a comparable is not a comparable or go on the portals, which, you know, there's many variations of whether you're paying for the data or not, scrutinizing that data and knowing when to discard that data, because it's easy to do a, a portal dump or download a load of information to a CSV, but you've got to know what to remove.
0: Right.
1: And, uh, the best way to do that is physically. Right. So, um and there's also there's also a, a level of knowing your area, knowing your patch, and adding a little bit of common sense.
0: Right.
1: And give all, us an
0: example then. So, what, what type of thing might you remove? Okay. We've we're
1: we're looking at we're looking at a tired three bed semi.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and you get your comparables up, and on the street there's a lot of three bed semis, and there's four that are decent because they've sold within the last couple of years, but one's got a loft conversion you know one's got a conservatory one was absolutely was in a worse condition than the one you're buying so you've got to add common sense to all these little areas so, so let's say let's say the neighbouring property uh, on the other side of the semi let's say that sold last year and that was a they've done a loft conversion mm-hmm. so on the square foot you probably need to remove the loft conversion you then need to see the standard of what it's been sold and compare that to the standard that yours is going to be sold because if i'm doing a uh, if i'm doing a flip for example and i'm putting a new product to market i want i'm expecting that new product to push the ceiling price it's going to have, you know, a, a usual renovation. Let, let's say I'm spending, I don't know, 60, 70 grand on the renovation. So it's going to be pristine, you know, new bathroom, new kitchen, lovely plaster, beautifully decorated, well-dressed. Um, so, so you need to make sure that you factor in, you know, obviously you have a buffer as well to protect yourself, but factor in all these little niches to come out with your, cost per square foot, price for buying and for selling.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's more of an art rather than a science, right? It's, yeah, but...
1: Um,
0: like it, it takes, th- like you say, you've got to... Uh, there's got to be some thought there. You can't just put it into a spreadsheet and... and yeah, um, you're um, never, they, gonna, yeah,
1: you're never going to get... I mean, it, on a, you know, very occasionally, you might get the adjoining semi that was sold last week that was also flipped to a high standard. But the chances are that's never going to happen. So you do need to add a bit of bit of art and science to the rest to to come up with your figures.
0: Yeah, and um, so in, and do you think it just is? It takes time to kind of get this gut instinct about what to remove and 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 the research. Like, how long would it take somebody um, to get as close as possible to that realistic GDP? And then also. You know, what do you do when the the valuer comes out and down values <laughs> uh, the property as well? Do you have to take that into consideration? Uh,
1: well, it it depends. It depends what the down value. I mean, the thing is, is what's the down value are looking at? You know, I've heard a few things of, of of valuers up valuing in the last few weeks, which is right, okay. very rare. But if they were, I, I guess if you're selling it and if you do get that down val you know can you have you got have you got data to back up that it shouldn't be a downval right and I, ideally you've put it on at the right price and you've got the right level of interest and that should also back up the fact that um you know if this guy's downvaluing it but if you had two or three more people interested in buying it then you know who's right him or the people that want to buy it
0: yeah yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's worth what someone's willing to pay for it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but so you've got forget,
1: the... Don't forget the valuers have potentially got the tough job of, you know, if you, if you have got something that's a little bit quirky, and if there is no comparables, they're, they're sort of doing the same as what you've done, you know? Mm-hmm. So ask them how they've come to their value.
0: Yeah. And what about, uh, I know one question a lot of people have is around HMOs and understanding the, the you know, the end value of a donor up HMO, because, you know, if, if most people are, um, let's say they're not flipping them on, they're not selling them. So there's no record of what they're being sold for. They're just refinancing. So how do people know what the refinance value would be?
1: It's, yeah, that's a tough one because um, we we all know that you've got commercial, you've got bricks and mortar, and you're often somewhere in no man's land in the middle. Yeah. So um, ideally, I mean, we're doing a six bed, six bath at the moment. And ideally that's in a location where if we get the bricks and mortar based on the cost per square foot, that's going to be strong enough. Because yeah. that'll give it a 400 ish K val, but um, but you know what, we, sh- we should get 550 times six. So, do you go for your commercial val? Um, yet again, you know, you're better off speaking to a broker about this one, but um, we you know, do, do we name names on here? I can't rely on a real good one at sort of pitching it in the middle right. of, of um, bricks and commercial. Right. And it's uh, it's nice to go with a lender that, that takes on that nuance.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. With this, with
1: this latest product, you know, that
0: will be our first part of call. But do you, you personally, when you're working out your numbers, do you go for the bricks and mortar, and then anything else as a bonus as a commercial valuation? I would, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah just
1: to- but yeah, again, how far do you go with a common sense approach? You know, if you if you are if you if you're so the HMO products that we do, we don't squeeze a house. You know, we wouldn't. Um, we would we, You know, the, the sort of HMO that, that we would have done six or seven years ago, we've, we've moved away from. We, we want really good-sized rooms, really good-sized en-suites. We want a top-quality product. And obviously now we've got a lot more experience is, is you know, we, we renovate the house as much as we can under PD.
0: Right.
1: So we might be taking away what was a living room and a dining room but when you've added another 25, 30 square metres to the ground floor, it, you're still not taken away from the communal space.
0: Right. Feels really big. Okay. So, well, let, let's move on to the, uh, the refurb then. Another tricky one, that, especially with the prices going, you know, uh, as, as they have been, uh, been a bit crazy lately. So how do you work out... Uh, what the refurb cost is going to be let's say on you know on that hmo where you're converting from a house to hmo you know with trying to find a builder never mind get letting them get a quote
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i've done a couple of site visits this morning and um and insulation for for some you know internal walls out of stock we're having to wait and um you know that's just today's example of of what it's like out there for the builders delays um what you often end up doing is is they haven't got the normal product so you'll pay additional money for a better one right um we've done that in so many situations and you know things drag on um the the clearest way to cost one up is obviously experience and having done a previous you know numerous previous ones. Um, you can you can use cost per square foot, cost per square meter. One thing I would say is any portal that I've ever looked at where you can do, where, you, where there's an option to select HMO value in, you can't, in my opinion, you can't trust any of them. Yeah. You've got to know it. You've got to do it yourself. You've got to figure it out yourself. You've got to cost it up yourself. You've got to do it... The long way around or the hard way.
0: Yeah.
1: Make sure you're doing it right. Um, with with any refurb, I think your contingency needs to be based on your experience. So mm. average product, average project that you've done loads of times before, 10% contingency. Um, project that that you're you know going into no man's land, um, you need to be increasing that contingency.
0: I've that no man's oof. land. <laughs> that's definitely what it feels like on your first one.
1: <laughs> 25%, you know, if you've never done a HMO before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of, so that's the conting- contingency for the unknown or essentially mistakes, what you're, what you're saying there, but the build cost, have you worked it out, you know, at the moment, are you working it out um, under previous figures plus 20 30%? Or have you got more of a handle on what things are actually going to, you know, cost? Uh, Well, for
1: this, this I've got a detailed breakdown of every element and what it's going to cost us. And and I have got a contingency on top of that.
0: Right. Okay. And uh, how close are you on the numbers to your, you know, your predicted GDV and, you know, the the cost for the refurb? Uh, Well, on,
1: on, on the six bed that we've just mentioned obviously you'll have to ask me that once we've finished <laughs> yeah. finished it and had the value out um, and but even even when you get the value out I, I think these projects really iron out iron out the creases two years down the line when you right. go to, you know when you go to reval it. then potentially usually when you get all your money out first time around you know I think it's the norm to leave a bit of cash in the deal still
0: yeah. Okay. And um so, in terms of Question, due... did I? yeah, I, that's. Uh... I... <laughs> <laughs> that was a sidestep. <laughs> like a politician. Great.
1: <laughs> Sorry, um, go on.
0: In terms of like other due diligence, then, so um you know, you mentioned about looking at properties in. different areas for example so let's say you find an absolute gem it's in a new area what sort of other due diligence do you need to do um to you know uh, to be working out whether this is a deal for you or not
1: well one of the most important things is i want to make sure that you're doing the right thing for the house so i would never want to do a hmo now on on a house that isn't going to make the perfect hmo I wouldn't want to try and squeeze anything in anywhere, Um, and and the same with a flip. Really, you only want to you only want to do it if you know you're going to create that end product. If you can't, don't bother. But you know, wanna you want to to walk the area? You want to you know check the neighbors, see what the place is like. um, you know amenity you uh, hate this hate you, this six bed that we keep mentioning it's by it's close to a parade of shops uh bus stop outside uh train station into leeds two minutes down the road um you know it, it ticks all them amenity boxes really nicely some couple of really nice pubs close by co-op close by you know it, it's uh it's it's got a basement, you know, so you can have all your plant down there. Um, it's huge rooms, tall ceilings, you know. It's it it had to be it, and it was yeah. it was it was in one of them. I am sold auctions, and it's you know there was a ten grand fee on it, a very a very bitter pill to swallow. But when it's so rare to get something in the right location that ticks all the boxes. Yeah got to turn it into that
0: that's a really good point that you make about the yeah. house and what the house is suited for so essentially you're looking at the right floor plan um uh, you know there's not a staircase in the middle of the house or something you're not gonna have to knock down chimneys um that it, it lends itself to chimneys with an L in the middle chimneys <laughs> so do put an L in the middle. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> My Northern Scouts coming out there. Um, <laughs> what about, um, so you buy in auctions. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, and we're talking a lot about here due diligence. And I know that you're, uh, you know, obviously very confident with your spreadsheets by now. Um, but if you're buying in auctions, you haven't really got that much time to do all of that research. So, um, you know, how much research? What's the bare minimum you can get away with?
1: Um well it, I guess that's tied into the price. You know, um I'm I'm currently looking at a uh currently looking at an auction property that's fire damaged. Um that is uh, what are they called? you know, when they board all the windows up with a metal base. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: The whole house is covered in them and it's strictly no viewings.
0: Oh wow, well. okay. Why'd
1: you cost that up? You know, it's it's not not easy is it but obviously you've just got to go with well let's presume presume it needs absolutely everything uh and and here's our price whereas um the the thing with the auction is um i love the auction because you just get your keys quickly um but you know there's so many different levels. You know, there's normally three viewings minimum on an auction property normally. So in that circumstance, you may be able to go and view it three times. You do quite a lot in three times. You can go once yourself, take a builder the next time, take an architect the next, or yet the other, the other end of the scale is, you know, you're not doing any, you're not doing any viewings. So at least by, seeing the property seeing the legal packs seeing the description talking to the neighbors physically checking the building make sure there's no structural issues looking at leases if it's leasehold um looking at the planning portal looking at you know council taxes things like that um epcs mm. you know there's there's a lot you can go off but uh you you've got to make that call um, of what's your offer yeah is it worth the risk factoring in finance you know speaking to the neighbors and trying to find other examples yeah
0: yeah that's a great checklist for people I hope they're taking some notes there um yeah that's a a great place to start and i I guess like any due diligence it's just got to be um you know narrowed down to that short space of time to to do as much as you can Uh, what's happening in the auctions at the moment so we
1: have just uh in leeds we've just had auction house west yorkshire it was a bit of a funny auction because we've had um up to this one It's been crazy times, it's been 50 lots, you know, 48 gone in the room type thing. The odd one available before or after, you know, pre or post auction. Um, Yet again, I've got different strategies for pre, different strategies for post, um, because obviously the the pendulum of supply and demand is constantly moving. to, to get something prior, you, you probably want to be bullish to right. get rid of the competition and to have that security that you've got your deal. And obviously post, it's the opposite way on. You then want your next slice of cake. You want another 10%, blah, 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 and you're back into negotiations. Um, But generally out there, I think auctions are doing really, really well. We... The the Leeds auction, the last one, I think we had 36 lots going into the room. So a little bit quieter. But it's it's that constant, it's like it's like when an auction does well. Um it it pricks everyone's ears up to think, oh well, maybe we should get rid of ours now. Yeah. So it, it's like self perpetuating. Yeah. Like- and the amount of the amount of times that you see something sell that does well and then another one on that street goes and then one right. on the next street goes and then you know so it's people are always obviously keeping their eyes out.
0: Bit of a dominoes effect and so do you think that auctions are like at the moment they're a good place to put something that you want to get rid of quickly but you want a good price for it um, comparable to what you would see by putting it on Right Move or Zoopla?
1: Um, I think it's if if you want your money quickly, it's, it's a fantastic way to get rid of because there's so many people out there um, using finance, having cash, you know, working with JV partners. There's so many people out there that can move. And in, in this day and age, if you can get a 10% discount on anything, you've, you've done well because we are in, you know, bullish, bold times and, and it's hard to get a decent deal now, even yeah. if you've if you sat on the cash, it's, it is quite hard. So compare that to the normal conveyance where it takes months and months and months and months, you know, you could put some in an auction for let's say 10% less than what the estate agent wants you to sell it for. And then it's, it's down to the market to, you know, justify what it sells for. You've potentially got the chance of it a doing better And being sold in 20 working days.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. And so how are you making the deals work then? I love auctions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How are you making the deals work then if they're, you know, going for, you know, such strong prices?
1: Well, it's it's supply and demand, isn't it? You know, I I watch, I'm, I'm really boring. I watch a lot of auctions just for the sake of, watching them seeing what happens um if if things don't sell you know it's always a new opportunity right my last purchase didn't sell and i I bought it within hours of it not selling at a newly agreed price um the hmo was the same that was in an auction didn't sell Um, and often often it doesn't sell because i don't want to say it's not marketed right so it was more being marketed to a family but it wanted too much work for a family so it was better for a developer so i think that's why i got that one yeah obviously you know a lot of people i i always see how many people are onto lots how many people are saving lots you know if if another thing uh like a lot of auction uh properties i'll have a a youtube video these days and see how many times it's been viewed right you know take a little bit of a view on the demand there on and it's for me it's just having your ear to the ground and it's keeping an eye constant eye on the movement or non-movement of everything And every so often, you just get an opportunity and a nugget and you've got to pounce on it.
0: All right. And yeah, just before then, you mentioned about uh, putting an offer in a few hours after it hadn't sold at auction. Um, What does that look like? So are you in the room? Are you online? How do you make that offer? Is it direct to the vendor or is it through the agent?
1: All right. Okay. So, yeah, again, I'm a bit OTT on the auction. So I've probably already done my numbers on it. Right, watched it not sell, so I already know my number. Right, um, and you know, if your number is potentially below the reserve, soon as something doesn't sell, you can find out the reserve. How do you do that? You just ask. You just pick up the phone. Yeah, just speak to the speak to the auction house. Ideally, ask to speak to the valuer that valued that particular property because that valuer. Is usually the one that has the relationship with the vendor. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Okay. And so let's say the price that you want to buy it for is still lower than the reserve. Then, you know, what sort of, what does that look like in terms of what you say? Yeah. Um, okay. Do you well, just go straight in at, at the price you want or do you try and be cheeky and go even lower? No,
1: no. Just, you know, valuers are lovely, normal people just doing their job. You know, don't be just you know have a conversation with them just like this you know it's their job to work for buyer and seller you know they're they're in the middle they want everyone to be happy and they want to you know they want to shift the lot so um you know ask the valuer if if he'd be happy to put your offer forward which if it's just not sold he will be more than happy to put your offer forward yeah as long as it's not too silly Um, so yeah, work, work with them.
0: Okay, good. All right then. And, um, how do you see the auction market going, you know, for the next year or two, you know, are there any trends that you think are on the way or?
1: I just can't see anything changing really in, in, I can't see any crashes on the horizon. Um, you know, when inflation gets mentioned, People want the money in bricks and mortar, don't they? Yeah. And you know we've got inflation coming right here, right now. So yeah, I can't see any changes, and I can't see any crashes.
0: Right. And what do you think is your uh what's your ideal property then to buy?
1: That's a very good question. um got All those sources listening now. Well, <laughs> we sort of started this uh, pod, didn't we with what what deals do you do and and there isn't an ideal one so the HMO that that we've mentioned slightly the six bed six bath extended under pd um that's a 200k purchase with about the same spend no no sorry 200k purchase with about a 120 spend so 320ish all in um, that's a perfect deal. That my my latest flip, it was an auction purchase, post-auction, once a 20k spend. That, that's a flip. Both, both as perfect.
0: And what sort of margins are you looking for as a like bare minimum?
1: Well, on the HMO, um, you know, the aim is to leave as little cash in as possible, right. but until we've had that all important valuation once it's fully tenanted we won't know exactly but i'm very confident that it'll be good and then for a for a flip like that uh, for a quick in and out six month flip um at my minimum margins 20k
0: yeah okay and uh you know with i know you say about um inflation and the you know you feel like the market's going to be strong do you have a time period on deals that um, for example, you want to be in and out kind of quickly within six to 12 months, or are you lucky, you know, are you happy to do a project that might take 18 months or more?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to do a project that takes longer, you know, a bigger, a bigger beast, so to speak. Um, I, I, I do do bigger stuff that that, that we've not mentioned um,
0: it's all about the exit strategy, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We are looking at 37 units, which is a big commercial office to resi building. um But yeah, that's a much bigger spreadsheet. But we're not we're
0: not tempting fate talking about that one, right?
1: <laughs> podcast on that on that no, one. I'll
0: we'll come back to that um, one. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. There's there's no ideal. So okay. you know, in my early days, I used to always think oh, I can do a I can do a flip in. In six months and and the reality is you can buy something in a month from the auction no problem you can get straight on it and turn it around in two or three but as soon as it goes on the market that's (laughs) that's when it's all out of your control yeah the months can just start flying by doing a conveyance at the minute um we agreed the sale mid-november still not exchanged right like what's going on
0: yeah (laughs) April (laughs) this (laughs) week so are you uh, like your portfolio are you swaying more to buy to hold or a flip still you know top strategy
1: yeah again it's it's whatever the perfect situation is for that particular deal yeah happy to hold happy to keep happy to JV happy to sell good yeah
0: all right then Uh, final question then if you had to start out today um, from scratch, but knowing everything that you know, uh, you know, how would you start out? What advice would you have to people who are starting out now?
1: Great question. Great question. Right. It all depends on uh, how much money you've got available.
0: So let's say they haven't got any.
1: <laughs> got none at all. Um, I would probably say they want to find, find someone to, to do deals with the good thing about doing flip, doing flips. um, If you can, if you can get a team together to make sure you buy, right. Most importantly, if you do not buy, right, you are setting yourself up for a year of pain, potentially for nothing. If you, if you overpay or if you get that end Val GDV, Wrong or if you get your refurb like too wrong, um, that, you, that all your contingencies are overridden. Um, but if you have no money at all, um, finding a nice little auction project that could be either a keeper or a flip would be a good start. Um, a nice smallish refurb, 20 k-ish. You know, we're talking new bathroom, new kitchen, carpet curtains, decorate, sort the garden out. You know, I class that as you know, making something really nice for a first-time buyer. Mm-hmm. Maybe aiming it, aiming at that level.
0: Yeah, and then maybe working with an investor to yeah come in. And let's say they've got hundred k, like they can do a you know a decent first project with that.
1: Hundred k is great. Um, you just need to be, um, you know, if you're going to use a bridge on your 100K, then, you know, you, you're looking up to 300K projects. Um, you want to make sure you're organized. You want to make sure you've got your renovation right. You want to make sure you've got your exits. Always have more than one. Um, but with 100K, yeah, you you don't need to be JVing. You need to be doing everything for yourself. Um, with 100K, Um, if you had a target of leaving 20k in a deal for example then in theory with your 100k you can do five deals we all know that we all know that by the time you've done five deals deal one would be up for refinancing again because you'd probably be two years down the line so you could you know be recycling that money so yeah that's what I'd be doing with and and with 100k you, you know if you're going for Small, low, low deal, you're potentially not even needing bridging finance. You know, no finance.
0: Yeah, come up north. (laughs) Depending where you are in the country. (laughs)
1: It's all right for me and you. Do a lot
0: with 100k up north. (laughs) (laughs) Get a few streets for that. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, uh, that sounds like a great place to wrap up. Tell us where can people find out more about what you're up to and um, follow you on the socials?
1: Uh, please. Uh, so I'm not very good at socials, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. That's about it.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: so um, don't expect me to report. Well, um, in fact, email. I'm good at that. Simon okay. <laughs> at property solutions.co.uk. My website, UK. and Simon Duckworth on LinkedIn
0: fantastic well we'll we'll put the links to those in the show notes for people to find you simon thank you so much for your time today really thank really myself. interesting thank yeah lots of golden nuggets in there for people so um that's it for today folks if you have got any um questions then please like send them to simon and if you're not yet a subscriber to the magazine please click the link in the show notes for your free 30-day trial see you next time guys
1: Bye-bye. bye bye bye